But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And we're back with the beauty. And the beast. Episode <laughs> five. We got the right number this time? I think so. <laughs> this time bringing in a good buddy of mine, Mark Glazer, CEO of Nutribile. Uh, sometimes we record these openings before the conversation. This time we're recording it after the conversation. I kind of like this better because we know what's going on and what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, it was a great, great conversation. I it mean, was. I think people tuning in and ready to watch this today, um, you can expect, you know, typical Mark stuff when it comes to supplement talk and supply chain, but you're going to, I don't want to spoil it, but there is a very powerful portion of the podcast, I'd say about five to seven minutes in length. Definitely. That uh, if you don't feel something from it, there's definitely something wrong. I had chills a few times and... I think I definitely have the urge to cry more often than you do. Like, I, it's well, so funny. Like, we watch, like, American Idol, and there's times that I feel, uh, well, like, uh, tears urging you, on. Why you, I have a reputation, and you're going to tell the people <laughs> that I'm watching American Idol? the fuck is wrong? Oh, come on. That, he does it for me. I, <laughs> I, I know Mark, and I, I knew what happened um, in his life, and I knew he'd be comfortable speaking to me about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think that they're bringing in the human element to the listening and viewing audience is extremely important, especially because you're buying hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars of products from this man. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand, like, he's not just up on a soapbox preaching about supply chain. Like, he's a real fucking human being with he, real feelings. He's a very down-to-earth guy. And I, I think every time that you've spoke about him, I feel like a lot of your values very much align with his and I don't know if that's something that he influenced with or if oh, it's just something that you guys sure. care with. 100%. Mark was one of the first people to support Fitness Informant very much early on. Um, the first Olympia I went to in 2000 and, well, I guess the one I went to on my own was 2017, 16, can't remember what it was. But met with Mark and at that time, Ben Kane, who's mm-hmm. now with Price Plow. Shortly thereafter, like they supported the channel. One of the first brands to come on to support Fit Butters, mm-hmm. Mark Glazer. Nutribio, yep. still to this right day. Away. Rory's Cookie Monster Madness, Brownie Batter, some of our two bestsellers. Mm-hmm. Don't have any issue getting supplies from him. Never. Here, yeah. here's, a, here's, here's the story, right? Like, there's a supply chain shortage when it comes to the WPI, whey protein isolate. Okay, we had asked Dan and the team for uh, X amount of pounds of this protein uh, to come to us. And Alyssa, who, who kind of handles the production stuff, emails and says, we're pretty tight. I don't know. Do you really need it now or can we push it back? Mark interjects. And says, we're not pushing it back. Ryan is getting his protein. <laughs> and he made sure that we got what we needed for Fit Butters because he just is a good fucking human being. He is. He is. And we have partners that are definitely very much like him. Mm-hmm. And there are some that would definitely pull out and say, like, we're, yeah. we have a lot going on and we need to. But that's a risk. That's a risk. Right. right? Like we understand that as a risk of doing what we're doing, which we should have a jar of fit bars on this table. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. You know, the the, whole line should be right there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We understand like, hey, if we, you, you, we're going to service our customer before we service fit bars, but that's why we try to do demand planning and forecasting. But uh, anyway, um, this is our first (laughs) podcast since the launch of Frosted Animal Cookie. This is our first podcast since we celebrated two years in business. And wow. Yeah. What a Seriously. It's been an amazing week. And I feel like this is like the first week of me being home without anything going on, of me actually being You fucking on. kidding me? We, we spent hours at the facility this week. Like we've been- But I mean like being full on in the business since I started full time. Well, you're doing, yeah, I mean, on Fitbitter stuff. And we got to yes, get you ingrained yes. more on the FI stuff. But like you, I'm proud of you. For sure. I'm very proud Thank of my you. wife. I think she's doing a fantastic job. I got texts from some of our ambassadors saying how proud they are of you and oh. what you're doing. So we're growing this business, baby. We are doing everything we can we to are. make sure we grow. Um, grow, but Scaling with a purpose, I think, is something that you're going to hear me talk about a lot when it comes to Fit Butters. It's, we're not scaling for money. We're scaling for a purpose. And that purpose is not to sell. It's to obviously help more people. Um, 
and you have to do it appropriately and, and, and wisely amongst a lot of other things. So we're having a lot of fun. Fitness Informant, um, it's been so much fun doing that again too. Like I was telling Danny a couple weeks ago, we're doing some of these Instagrams and these, or these reels and TikToks. And it's like, I haven't had this much fun doing this in a long time. I think it's because I'm here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have help. <laughs> like trying to, look, 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 nothing against Price Plow. Love Price Plow. Love Ben Kane. Love those guys. Love, love Mike. They have a video editing team. They have mm-hmm. a, a copywriting team. Like they have a team of people who do these things. I write. I film. I edit. I wish everyone could see the amount of time that goes behind like a post, a reel, all the things that seem like a very quick little like, here's what we're posting today has so much time behind it. Inspired Nutraceuticals launching Ember non-stim tomorrow, okay? Mm-hmm. So that post alone, I have a render, I gotta make an email, I gotta make a featured image, I gotta write, sometimes I do a video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have an hour minimum invested into... If not more. Yeah, like I mean... I feel like there's a lot of... Well, then there's the social post, then there's yeah. responding to comments, and then there's Q&As. I mean, so people who ever ask, like, I mean, how, why is this a revenue-generating engine? Because I put my fucking expertise and work into it. Oh, it's so much time that goes into it. And that's why, like, you know, bringing it back to Mark, who's our guest, is, like, they've been supportive of Fitness Informant since day one because he understands the amount of work that I put into everything that I do. And same with you. Like, yeah, I mean, definitely. he was commenting, and you're... Uh, I don't know if we got that on the camera or not, but, like, how... How it's awesome that we have this dynamic, this male female dynamic, mm-hmm. this husband wife dynamic, and we seemingly seem to work well together. Thank goodness. Otherwise, there's a guest bedroom that we record in <laughs> that she would be residing in on a nightly basis. But um, no, it's been it's been good. It's been fun. Um, you know, we should have brought a couple things down here. We, we're just, I mean, we've been just go 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 today, uh, this week, this month, Every <laughs> with everything going on. <laughs> but I mean, we got some new products sent to us. We got the new gym pre-workout. We could have done a flavor review on that. We got some new aminos from AP Sports Regimen. We got a care package from Primeval Labs. Um, so a lot of stuff that we have to get through uh, that we're excited about. Um, we had the new arms race bar. I think we talked, we didn't talk about that on the podcast. I don't think. No, we haven't. It's like no. a chocolate covered cereal bar. It's really good. That should be coming Very out, good. coming out in May. The texture's June. great. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things coming out in the industry. Um, Ghost will be dropping a bombshell here very soon as well, I believe. Um, that's all I can say on that. And um, we can drop our Fippler's bombshell here on this podcast if we, we want. Or yeah. no, let's save it for the next one because we have Brett. That's true. Yeah, so, that'd so, be a good time to drop so it. So today we have Mark Glazer um, you know, on the podcast. The next week's podcast is going to have uh, Brett Wilkin, who is a IFBB pro, finished and sixth in the Arnold, and... One of our Fit Butters family members. Yeah, he's uh, he's literally the only Fit Butters athlete we have. Yeah, definitely. Like, I well, mean, I mean, I, I consider Christy Yeah, an she's an athlete, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying... Like, I mean, he's like a higher up, like... He, he walked the Arnold stage. Yeah, exactly. And he, it's he a bigger deal. He may not qualify for the Olympia this year. But, spoiler, if you're at the Olympia this year and you stop by our booth, we'll have Brett there um, doing some stuff with us. So, uh, and that, that's the thing that people are, you know, we don't do athlete signings. Like, we're not going to be paying a premium for athletes. It's just not in our wheelhouse. But Brett authentically loves our product. Definitely. Um, and we love Brett. And we think he's a humble dude. He's got the, he, he lives by the core values of our business. So, that'll be our next week's podcast. But speaking of our core values, and you mentioned that, you know, Mark probably engraved and influenced a lot of how I carry myself, which then shaped our core values as a business. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to get you out to New Jersey, not just because we love New York City, but because it's, you'll walk into the Nutribio place and be like, I didn't realize, like, this is really what it was. I feel like when we first started talking, like, the first company that you, like, kind of, like, not pushed towards me, but you gave me a tub of Alpha um yeah. and yep. then also their pre and i was like wow this is amazing <laughs> and i and compared to all of the other pre-workout like pre-workouts and everything else i've ever had it was so much better and then Which after we gotta, that we you gotta, went you out know, there i need to reach out and get a tub of, tub of pre and pre-extreme again we haven't had it in a long time no we haven't yeah. dan alex Pre, pre-extreme Alpha EAA. I'm going to request a care package in Super Send to us. Leg day too, almost. New York you know Punch is still one of my favorite it flavors. Is <laughs> um, but, you know, since we don't have any flavors to go over and we didn't do a Q&A this week because things have been so busy, let's, and, and the conversation with Mark was almost 50 minutes. Yeah, it was great. You know, it's good. So um, I, I'd say enjoy the podcast, leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Um, I'm going to cut a clip from this to post on social. I mean, you know which clip I'm cutting too. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. I need to. And I know he'll be okay with it. Um, but it's, I'm excited. So please share your comments and your feedback on this podcast with Mark Glazer, who's one of my best friends in the industry. One of the dudes I actually 
trust with everything that I have, um, which I can't say that about a lot of people, but yeah. this dude would literally do anything for us. He would, he would. And you've only spoke positively and amazingly about him ever since I met you. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He sent me a text one time that wasn't meant for me. <laughs> I should. Uh, I don't know if I want to know about that. Uh, I should have brought that up on the podcast. It was not meant for me. Oh, um, and it's it? still, every time we see each other, we laugh about it because it's, it's hilarious. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Glazer, CEO of NutriBio. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. What are you drinking? Are you drinking that um, you're, you're unbound? I have to drink because I yeah. just half a bottle of it. Just so people know, <laughs> I'm watching. I paid Mark to do that. That's a paid product placement. Yes, yes. So, um, <laughs> But what for real, what's in the beaker? What are you drinking today? This is out the EAA. See, the, the, I, I, it was our product of the year two years ago. It's still my favorite product in the market. Mm -hmm. What's funny, and I think you, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, is nobody else doing this product because it's just too expensive for them to do? Because you're at $39.99 price point, which is fucking ridiculous for that product. I don't know. It's my favorite product. It's awesome. By far. Yeah. I mean, it's... came out with it because even here at the office, everybody was drinking energy drinks and caffeine drinks and the mm -hmm. coffee machine was running all day long. And I, was, I wasn't doing that. I was drinking free three or four times a day. <laughs> oh, so, my God. You know, we, we kind of came up with it. So why, why put caffeine in it? Let's make something that keeps the body anabolic, keeps you hydrated, but work, works with the brain more with nootropics. Um, keep you alert and as a pick-me-up during the day. 
So we, you know, we designed it as an all day drink and that's what it's become. I know you like your caffeine and I know that the crew there likes your caffeine, but you don't pin me as an energy drink company. Has that ever been a conversation in the, in the office? Yeah. I don't see us going there very soon. I mean, functional foods, next year is our big thing. Nice. Uh, going into the energy drink market. Uh, Probably not. We are diversifying it as far as delivery systems mm-hmm. this year, you know, going into stick packs and little, little shock things and, uh, um, not gummies, uh, all different types of delivery systems, gel packs, is what I was thinking of, especially with Endure Elite now. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see us going into, uh, I mean, it's a very competitive market. Mm-hmm. You're working off of very low margins. Uh, yeah. Are you gonna going in the functional next year? You guys self manufacture all your caps, your powders, your pills, everything. Is that something you want to keep in house then too, doing bars or whatever it might be? Well, that's the issue. You know, if we do bars, most probably we can't do it in house. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. be like a home baked style bar or something, because the equipment is you know to produce that you're doing millions, and we're not going to have that capacity. Uh, so you know that's what we struggle with now. Yeah, is that we're getting into functional foods, if we're doing oatmeal and powders and and uh you know oats mixes and pancakes and, and that kind of stuff we can do it here uh if we're going to go into something like a bar which we'd like to we have to figure out can we do it here if we're not going to do it here does it fit you know our quality and efficacy profile mm-hmm. you know would we be able to see this facility be there on site all the time that's something we're struggling with i i, I would love to be a fly on the wall of you walking through an FDA approved facility for food and just nitpicking everything. Well, it's different if you go in a food facility versus a supplement facility. They're not nearly as clean. You ever been in some of these bar companies? I mean, I've been, oh, okay. I've been in my company. <laughs> it's, it's not like yours, but I, we, but at the same time, you influence a lot of what we, uh, what we put in, in terms of policy and procedures, although the FDA doesn't require it. It's like, well, I walked through Mark's facility. Mm. And this is beyond GMP. Like we need to, you know, like certain things, your facility, you have to be totally sleeved up and you have to have all that stuff on. Like you can have skin showing in the state of Minnesota. Like you can wear short sleeves in a food manufacturing facility as long as you have a hairnet on and a beard net on. But you at your place, man, it's like, it's like a space suit. Yeah, you know, all I really have to do is change my labels from supplement facts to nutritional facts. And now I'm a food and I can get rid of a lot of this and just, switch to CFRs and not worry about it. Yeah, why not, right? Uh, Let's talk, I want to talk uh, about something that I I don't think our space has talked enough about. We mentioned it, but we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about it. This is the acquisition of Ender Elite, um, which is a a, a great brand. And Danny, you're uh, a former marathon runner. Like Matt made a lot of good stuff, but he didn't have a marketing budget. And and I think, you know, outside of utilizing our platforms and others, not many people really, you know, got a chance to discover really what that line is. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. And I love the fact that you guys came together and found a common ground for you to take that over and start the manufacturing. Um, what's the plan for that line? Because this is your third line now. Now you have Nutribio, you have Unbound, and then you have Under Elite. And this all happened within the last year and a half. Like, it, there's a lot going on there in New Jersey. Yeah, and we're not, we're, we're not looking to buy more brands out. We're not, a, we're not in an acquisition phase. I mean, we have a purpose behind each one of these. It's goal-driven. It's not just a let's get bigger by acquisition. That's mm-hmm. not our plan at all. Uh, Matt and I worked together years ago. You know, he used to be the chief science officer over here. Uh, and he's just a brilliant guy. He's a dedicated, dedicated guy. He, he just loves what he does. Uh, he's a big into competitive cycling, sports like that. And, he, you know, he wanted to get into that and, and, and start a company. And we talked about it while he was here. And it's not like a lot of these things that happen where somebody stabs in the back, all of a sudden they disappear to do right. something on the side. You know, he, he was very honest, and instead of uh, having a bad relationship, he worked his way for the next year or so through the company. We were able to help him by financing him by, you know, still having a salary. He was stayed with us by still being on the science board and working with us. So it was a great relationship. And when he started building uh, the brand, he built it around his passion and his knowledge of formulation, and then everything he learned while he was here as far as the product and manufacturing and uh, full label disclosure and all that stuff. So the brand, you know, fit perfect. And we, we were friends for, for years after that. And he built a, a very, very great following, loyal following uh, in, in the community and, and cycling and running, uh, really in obstacle course racing, OCR, very, very tight community. I mean, probably 40% or more of the customer base 
is coming from 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 that and there's Iron Man and all these. Um, mm-hmm. So when he came to me, you know, I thought about it and I said it's it's really a great fit uh, for us because the consumer is the same. It's that dedicated, passionate person who's into fitness and changing their life. Um, it's exactly what Nutribio does. It's not like buying a brand out that sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. You're oh, looking yeah. at it, it's like, oh, all prop lens, this is underdose. And what do you tell the consumer? Hey, I just bought this brand and I'm cleaning it up, I'm making it a good brand. Yeah, I wouldn't I can't do that. I would never right. do that. There's no reason there's no reason for it other than just adding another brand. But this was this was goal specific, you know. We always have that type of customer in Nutribio. But Nutribio is very, very wide. It's not selectively gearing and targeting toward an individual mm-hmm. group and mm-hmm. to really hit this group you have to have products devoted to that and it's not just the formula changes uh, that will look that we're doing now it's the delivery systems like i mentioned earlier you know you have a pre-workout so you're going to change the pre-workout up so it matches more of that athlete's activity more in this area of endurance and walking you know, riding a bike for three four hours out there and, and stuff like that but it was a tub what you want to do mm-hmm. You know, these guys want to be carrying tubs or little baggies of powders, or is it going to be a gel pack that they put in the mouth? Or, you know, is it what are they doing? Are they using water uh, water bottles that are sitting on their bikes? Are they running with with camelbacks on their backs? These are all the things that we're looking at now. We've all we're changing all the formulas, uh, not because the old formulas were bad, but because the old formulas are two, three, four, five years old. So Matt is still part of that formulation team. So we're looking at each product and we're saying, okay. Matt is now doing what he loves to do, what he does best, and that's the science end of it, the formulation end of it. So he's focusing on that. And we, we came out with, a, uh, I think, three or four products are getting or have launched or getting ready to relaunch uh, within the next couple of weeks. And that's the idea is to make the product specific uh, for that type of, of athlete. And it's going it's gonna to split apart. Mm. You know, there'll be, there might be pre-workouts that are geared more toward triathlon runners and Ironman and and cyclists are getting this because, and, and I don't know the answer to that yet. Right. I'm just saying that, but I mean, that's where we're looking. That's where we're going is how do we take this type of activity and hone in on the exact need of the customer, the product that's going to work best for the activity they're doing and a delivery system that's going to work the best because without that, you know, no one's going to, only those devout right. lovers like we have now are going to be on and they're going to be carrying, you know, a, a big half gallon container in their backpack when they get to the race and scooping it out. We don't want that. We want to make it very, very convenient. So that's the direction where we've rebranded already. Uh, we've had the brand for seven or eight months, right? So we, we didn't just acquire it. We've had it. And right. We've been doing the back end work. Um, a number of them just came out. There's three or four more products relaunching in the next two weeks. And from there, it's just uh, what can we do best to make that, give that customer a product that works, works for them. Dane, did you know that Mark's an endurance athlete? I actually did not. And I, I think I've told Ryan this before that I have honestly wanted to get back into like the marathon running and all of that. And that's kind of my next goal after this cut. And I would honestly, prior to this, I've never taken any pre-work for that or pre-workouts or anything like that for that type of workouts. Like I always thought of like pre-workout as a gym, you know, lifting weights and that kind of stuff, just because I tried pre-workout when I was training for half marathons and things like that, and it didn't work for me. Right. And so I, mm-hmm. and at that time I didn't know as much as I do now about, you know, the supplement world, but it would be really interesting to see the difference between marathon training and everything with these supplements. Yeah. I mean, Mark, you, I mean, I mentioned that you're an endurance athlete, like you're driving like the enduro and being the off-road biking stuff. I, I, I think people who have never driven a dirt bike or a motorcycle, they don't comprehend just how taxing that is on the human uh, body in terms of like, it's a, it's a cardio workout, it's a strength workout. So now you have the third brand in which you get to be a little giddy about because you can create things that you're going to drink when you do those across country hikes on the bike or you, you meet your boys out in California and Utah and you tip a bike off on those side roads. But like, I mean, you, you, I mean, cause what traditionally before this, like what were you drinking on the bike? Was it just like Interblast? Yeah, well, that's where some of these ideas come from. Like, I'm leaving today. I'm heading out to California. I'm going on a three-day uh, dirt bike ride in the desert. We're going mm-hmm. out to Cougar Buttes. We'll be sleeping out in the desert. I mean, hydration's a big thing. You put right. all that oh, yeah. equipment on, and it's 80 degrees out or even 60 degrees out. You know, and getting on that bike and going, you are sweating. You're losing every bit of, mm-hmm. of, of liquid in your body and, and electrolytes. So, you know, you mentioned great thing because I go out there and just today I'm going, oh, shit, I got to carry my pre-workout. Like when I get up in the morning, I love 
to take a pre-workout, stick it in my camelback, right? Mm -hmm. That lasts the first 40 minutes. And from there, I used to use Intra. Now I switch it for Alpha EAA, and I skip that all day long, but I'm taking these two containers. And, right. and that's exactly oh, yeah. what I'm talking about. I'm like, and, I, and I hate it every time. I'm like, shit, I got this little pack on my back, and I got to either put them into little baggies and take them out there and then put them in my camelback when I get out there. So that's a perfect example of delivery systems. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at, you know, because I, I love going out there and, and doing this, we're looking at creating products, you know, for that, for that entire group as well, because you're killing it with hydration out there. You're losing, you're out there for three, four, five hours sometimes right. you know, mm -hmm. without any breaks, uh, no energy, no electrolytes, nothing keeping you going. And they don't know it because they've never really gotten into any of this stuff. No, yeah. it's, 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 can be really interesting looking at that. The extreme sports community is is driven primarily by like Monster and Red Bull. I mean, it's it's caffeine driven. You look at Supercross, Motocross. You look at Snowcross, like all this stuff. It's it's always sponsored by Red Bull and Monster, but nobody talks about the hydration aspect of that. I mean, it's a it's a not. I don't know if Ender Elite's that brand or if that's what you want to do with it. But like, I think there's a huge opportunity with those athletes because that is. Man, I remember my buddy in high school used to ride, race supercross, and he would get off that bike just spent, you know, with the heat and, and the jumps, mm -hmm. and just all, he would chug water. And it's like there's got to be or Gatorade, you know, some sugary drink that these people right. shouldn't be doing. So um, I remember you told a story one time that I think you were driving through Death Valley, and you said that you literally had to wear gloves on your hands because mm -hmm. if you took them off, you'd burn your fingertips. Yeah, I was there. Uh, the hottest it ever was. I missed it by a few days. I, I heard it was going to hit the uh, 120 something, which is the hottest ever measured officially on Earth. So I jumped in a plane and flew right down there. I had my bike out in Vegas. <laughs> in Vegas, it was 115. And I realized at that 115 level, there's a totally different concept. Like when you're in a motorcycle and you stop at a red light when it's 80, you're like, oh, fuck. I got to get going. I need the wind in my face. It's the opposite after 115. At 115, you stop. And all that heat's coming off of the ground, off of the asphalt. Like, God, oh, this is so great. Because when you start moving again, you have 115 green, green weather hitting you in the face. It's like an industrial blow dryer nonstop. Oh. When I got into Death Valley, it was 120, 121. And I, could, I, I didn't have my regular gloves. I lost them, so I had winter gloves on. I had to water down all the controls because you couldn't even touch the controls. My phone was in my backpack. The second I took it out to video, it shut down within like 20 seconds. It's like a whole new dynamic that I never did. I, I'm not sure I would do it again, but boy, I had a great time. I was out there for like five and a half hours how, uh, in 121 degree weather. How sick, Danny, do you have to be to, to say, I had a great time <laughs> in 125 degree weather where you can't oh even touch God. your controls because you're burning your fingertips off? I think I went down to well, got, I, Arizona in June and it was like that. Because when I got into the desert, I said, holy shit. If it's 120 here, what is the asphalt and is it going to melt my tire? Yeah. I have no idea. So I'm riding through the whole thing. I'm saying that's, that's like three or 400 degrees or so. You you know? ride, were you riding solo? Later. That? Were you by yourself? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what are you going to do if your, your phone doesn't work because it's too fucking hot? You break down and there's nobody out there. Mark, what are you going to do? I have a GPS tracker. I, need and I hit the button, get tracked to emergency services, and they come oh, right away. I pay for that service. Well, that's smart. Because yeah. uh, he was prepared, <laughs> it'd be tough. Uh, you know, you, I don't have to use. No, I, I know I that, a lot of those things run out by myself. Well, I know that's a big technology. That I think like North Face and some of these, um, you know, people who who climb mountains and stuff in the winter have or do some skiing mm -hmm. stuff in case they get trapped. With three brands now, Mark, it's it's an interesting dynamic because now you have um, not a focus issue, but you have uh, a conundrum in terms of where do you. Where do you put your focus? Like what days? Like Nutribio obviously is the baby. That is the one that you mm -hmm. started. No compromise since 1996. Unbound is, is, you know, still a young, hungry company. Ender Elite's been around a hot minute. You have a very small, limited staff, small sales team. How do you allocate resources to each brand from a business perspective that makes sense for what you guys are trying to accomplish as a business? Yeah, well, we have to grow the brand we have to grow the resources so as far as sales and distribution not a problem i think i have seven people in sales right now hitting thousands of stores across the country it's just as easy for them when they walk into that store to talk about unbounded and durably all the same manufacturing all the same concept they're not walking in with competing brands all hit a, a different group as mm -hmm. a matter of fact we started unbound because the stores were asking for that type of product so we built a, a 30,000 square foot distribution center that opened last January. So that's capable of handling everything that we're doing within these three brands. 
Uh, we are building a new website, which should be done in the next uh, three months. That is the, the top technology out there. That'll be all three brands. They'll have their own branding, that's their own website, their own, you know, URL, but when you go to any of those pages, you'll be able to click between the sites on top, oh, share your carts, because we're not going to have competing products. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people in EnduraWeek will look for the best protein, I think, in the world, which would be a Nutribio. So they'll learn that and they can go between the carts. So we're, we're building, you know, we're already building that infrastructure as far as our computer systems and everything here within the facility. We rebuilt that uh, last year and put a lot of money in, into that. So we built the infrastructure in the background. We built the distribution capabilities already. We're planning on a distribution center West Coast next year. Uh, we were planning on a new protein factory uh, this year, but with the shortage of protein and everything, we're, hold, we're holding back on that a little bit. Uh, and then it comes down to marketing. So sales distribution and, and all that is done. Manufacturing is all done. We have that capability. Uh, now it's, it's diversifying the uh, marketing team. Mm -hmm. We're bringing in people. For each brand, we brought in Sheila to be the brand manager at uh, Endurly. You know, she's uh, one of the top. I think she was number finished number six in CrossFit singles in the country at one time. She's yeah. just an animal. She's a beast. Yeah, her personality and uh, her drive and that winning attitude she has for CrossFit mm -hmm. is just what she's thrown into the brand. Yeah. I mean, she's literally considering the brand the same as the work that she needs to do to get into the CrossFit games and win. I mean, she's nonstop. And we'll be doing that for the for both brands and other brands as well, putting in a brand manager specific mm -hmm. to each of them so you know they can focus directly on that. So, you know, my team will be on top and we'll have we'll have teams we'll have, you know, brand managers, social media teams within each of the groups. So we're, you know, over the next few months it won't be a big shared thing where one one person in social media is trying to figure out three different groups. But yeah. what's really cool is the brands are kind of uh, meshing a little now. Like I was gonna keep Endurly separate in the beginning, <clears throat> but as soon as we launched it you know, BioCrew kind of merged in, and BioCrew loved it, and they call themselves the family of fast, and it's, the client base are the same, it's the same type of people, Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it all became one family right away, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's a lot of work, you know, we pre started prepping for it last year, um, and we're just going to keep working with it. A couple of years ago, before this whole COVID crisis stuff, you did like a uh, Nutribio Appreciation Day uh, at Middlesex, and it was awesome. It was cool. You had inflatables there. You had a dunk tank. You had um, music. It was great. Can we get that again this year? I mean, we're past this COVID shit, right? We can start having fun again? <laughs> yeah, we're trying for it this summer. Okay. Awesome. Cause you, we, we're already planning now. We're looking for dates and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. You're it's like bigger than the last you know, you think about all the brands and you live by what you preach. I mean, you literally, I think that day had three or four groups and I can't remember how many people in each group, but you walk them through the facility. They all suited up and they got a chance to tour in the facility. Something that, you know, what happens in this space is most brands aren't self-manufactured. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to see behind the curtains. There are a couple vertically integrated uh, brands out there, but you've, you're, you welcome that. Like you want people to come like literally, Somebody could walk into your place on a Wednesday afternoon, and if you're there, I bet you would offer to give them a, a, a tour of the factory. Yeah. My passion is the product. Yeah. I have any weakness. It's just like, uh, I don't care how, how we market it out there. You know, right. I want to yeah. make sure the product is the best, and that's always been my passion. You know, my other, the rest of my team's got to figure out how to market it and how to push it and how to get people to understand that, because obviously a great product without people knowing about it you know, it doesn't exist. That old expression, build a better mousetrap and the right. world is not going to be the path to your door. You know, yeah. You've got to market and push it. But my passion is formulation, manufacturing, and just whatever is going to be in this bottle that I tell my customer they're getting is going to be exactly what, not just what's on the label, but what I promise them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's on the label, it's in the product, it's in the product, it's on the label, there's nothing hidden, but it's also the wording. If I say it's going to do A, B, or C, it's going to do A, B, or C. Uh, and and that's, that's what I love. Now, I have an expression, it's quality is not a chore here, it's a passion. It's, mm -hmm. it's true. I remember when I first met Ryan, your brand was like the first thing he introduced to me. And he talked so highly about how amazing your products were. But then I also remember when we started Fit Butters, our gold standard of what we would do for producing was always referenced to you guys. So I, wow. I, I just remember Ryan always talking about that. The second we got a facility was like Nutribio. Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, it's it is the standard. That means a lot. You can't even imagine. I know. I know how you two build this company, and I know how. I, I know Ryan very well, and I'm impressed with everything that he does. He knows this industry inside and out. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And to hear you guys even say that is just amazing. It's just uh, fantastic. It's been fun. It's, it's been fun for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just like, let's model after Mark, you know, kind of mm-hmm. the thing. And, um, you know, we've done things where we threw away batches like you've done before because, you know, we could have easily bottled up and sold it and, you know, crossed our fingers that nothing bad happened. But that we don't got time for that shit. It's not the way you do business. And I, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen some of the stuff that you've thrown away, you know, millions of dollars of stuff probably over the years you've had a chuck and some old ingredients or it didn't test out. And, you know, that's one thing that I, I think in this world that we're in now in this supply chain crisis, you have three different brands. The brands use some similar ingredients, but many different ones. You look at what Unbound uses, for instance, in the pre-workout. Um, those ingredients are very unique. They're branded. They're not cheap. Um, neither are the ingredients used in like Nutribio pre, but at the same time, they're different. So now you have to source all these different ingredients in an environment that is just a complete and utter clusterfuck. How much fun are you having, Mark? Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I said this a while ago, if you're a buyer right now in this industry, it's insane. I mean, it's gotta be the toughest job out there. There's mm-hmm. the pricing, the availability, everything. But now, from my standpoint, it's the game playing. It's the shit that's coming through my door. I mean, the stories that I can tell you. I mean, I, you know, we obviously have to get all the paperwork beforehand before we order. We've got to test the samples and stuff like that. We test it. But we we, we, we had something ordered. Uh, I don't know the ingredient off the top of my head uh, that we ordered from the same vendor for, for many years. And it's, it's, the vendor's a middleman. They get it from the factory. Yep. And uh, we got in the, the C of A, and the C of A was on the vendor, the distributor's letterhead. And like, well, we don't accept this. You know, CFR 111 requires us to qualify the manufacturer, not you, the middle matter. Uh, we'll go to their facilities and make sure that they're keeping stuff correct after the manufacturer. They said, oh, we'll get you the C of A from them. So we get the C of A from them, and the C of A shows the product being expired. You know, and I'm looking at a C of A expired and a C of A on their letterhead that says it's good for two more years. I go, well, what's going on here? Well, we're, we're retesting it. It's good. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I said, well, send me the test results. Oh, we didn't get it back yet. So you're going to ship me the product. Mm-hmm. First of all, I won't buy the product. Retest it. So if, if it's not the original manufacturer uh, expiration date, I won't buy it because testing it now doesn't mean anything. I mean, you guys know how long this will last, right. right? Yeah. If I test it in a year and a half from now and it's perfect on that day, you don't know what's going to happen two days later. From right. They can get hot. You know, nobody's doing that kind of test. People are doing stability testing out two years. Then they retest two years later, but they're not doing stability testing for four years. Right. So I won't, you know, I don't know any company that's doing that. And I ask them every time, okay, give me your test. Now give me the stability. That's good for two years. They don't have it. And I, every every week now, I get two or three. I got an ingredient coming in from China the other day. The tubs were mismarked. Totally different ingredient on the front because they're trying to push it through customs and save some money. I got in creatine oh that was 30% maltodextrin. Wow. A few weeks ago. So now I'm dealing, I, I get ingredients where they're changing the filler in it, uh, the binders in it, and it's, a, it's, not, it's all failing. So now there's a fight because everything is so short. And the companies that want to look the other way, look the other way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but we won't look the other way. So we're testing it all and it, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's crazy right now. Wild, wild west, which I mean, <laughs> the space has been called wild west for a long time, but it's a different, I guess, a definition of the wild, wild west with supply chain and ships still being at ports and not be able to get accessibility to certain ingredients. Um, let's talk about price increasing, Mark, because it's inevitable. Uh, brands have had to do it and it's, it's come in waves and the consumer for the most part, like you have a good following uh, uh, online, but the people who follow you are probably hardcore Nutribio fans, people within the space. Um, but we're talking about price increasing when it comes to creatine monohydrate, whey protein isolate. I think whey protein isolates up with like 200%, something crazy like that. I don't even, maybe, maybe higher 300. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess for for people listening and, and you know they're going to the GNCs, the vitamin shops, the Nutribios.com, uh, they're seeing higher price points. Is there relief in sight for them in terms of their wallet, or is this just going to be the new norm? Well, <clears throat> there's going to be relief in the future. The relief is coming ingredient by ingredient because each one is, is because of a different pro- problem, but I don't think it's ever going to go back to the norm. You know, creatine was up at 10x, 10 times its original, well, nine times the original cost. Mm-hmm. It's come down mm-hmm. a bit. It's never going back to the original. It'll be three times the price, and it'll probably stay there. Uh, will it stay where it is now at eight, nine? No, it's, it's already backtracking a little bit of availability of its coming. 
when it comes to protein, it's literally at 2.8 times what it used to be. Yeah. And if you're buying it on spec, you're paying over three times what it used to be. You know, will that return? You know, you think about a factory out there. They're making, you know, they're making way. They're getting it from cheese. They have no additional cost on it, but the market's up. They're making an extra $6 a pound. They're putting out 40 truckloads at 42,000 pounds a month. Think of the numbers in there. They're no. not giving that up so easy. No. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a shortage. You know, some of this is, is supply chain is because it just isolates a shortage of it. Yeah. And you can only make as much as the cheese that's being manufactured out there. You can only make as much of it as there are isolate factories out there. Let's see, even if they had more cheese at some point, you know, we don't have the facilities. There's another facility opening up somewhere. I forgot where in a couple of years that'll increase it. But, you know, overseas took all of our, all our whey protein. So we don't have it here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because we, we talked to Colombia and both milk specialties uh, about that. I remember you came out with a video about, um, you know, I think there's a, a pig famine over in China that they sent a lot of this. Uh, well, the thing is, I think it's twofold, right? Forecasting on the, on the supplement brands was terrible during COVID. I think everybody kind of stopped buying. Um, and then these right. protein manufacturers shipped everything across these. Uh, and then they had nothing left in stock. So when companies went back to get protein, it, it didn't exist. So that drove mm-hmm. price up. Um, and, you know, you're right. Like these brands now, you know, consumers, have, if a consumer is going to show a willingness to pay $80 for a five pound tub, why would anybody lower their prices unless you're trying to undercut and kind of get back in there? So, I mean, what's, are we still thinking 18 months until we get to a point of probably no, stability? Last year we were saying end of first quarter. Well, okay. Uh, wave WPI is not budging at all. Mm-mm. It's going up. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, concentrate is kind of stabilized at the at the high that it's at. So I haven't seen it go up more than ten or so cents in three or four months. Uh, so some of it's stable at this high price. Some is still rising. You know, if you want to go buy a, a truckload of isolate right now, you're not getting it. It's not out there. No. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a shortage still. So it's not going to come down so quickly. Once that shortage disappears, it's going to start to come down. But yeah, I don't think these companies are going to bring it down to where they were. They're they're making way too much money now. But in the in, in the protein area, it's a little different than everything else because it's a commodity item. Mm. You know, you know, it's coming from milk, so the milk pricing, cheese pricing, and all that affects it a little. Uh, so it could at some point they have so much of it uh, out there that they're going to drop the price because they have to make it. You know, when mm-hmm. it comes to creatine and stuff like that, they just shut down manufacturing. Right, but they're you know they've got to take all this weight from the cheese factor. What are they going to do with it? They have too much. They got to keep their machinery up and running, or they'll be out of business. So it's still the, the protein will go along with the market a little more than some of the other stuff. Well, it's like things like citrulline, right? I mean, citrulline went up quite a bit, and it's uh, and then you get brands out there who are doing what I what I personally think is just ridiculous. You know, ten grams, twelve grams of citrulline per serving. Like you don't need that. Uh, but I mean, now now it begs the question: like, is there really twelve grams of citrulline per serving in this pre workout because the costs are so high? Um, so what, like ingredients like that, I mean, in that case, when you look at the price of citrulline, then do you look at a, an ingredient like you know three D pump from? from Bruce and, and Hector Lopez and say, okay, we can use less citrulline or we can use nitrosagene instead of using citrulline because in studies, you know, obviously it, it outperformed that uh, citrulline malate. So what do you, what's your thinking cap when it comes to certain ingredients like that that are a rising cost? I think you have to look at whether you think it's long-term or short-term because as an industry, we're used to already prices going up and down. So we build that pricing in. Mm-hmm. There are times of the year where we take a little loss. You know, we know, when China's shutting down for the new year, that prices are going to go up, so we have to buy early on. But, we, you know, it's still that price is going up and down. It's not like a lot of industries where things are stable. Creatine has always gone up, down, up, down. Citrine has always gone up 5%, up 10%, up 15 down, down, down. But it's not doing this anymore. It's doing this. And that's what's creating the problem. So if you have citrine and you're paying two, a little more than two times the cost and you can't get it, couple months ago what do you do mm-hmm. you take it out of your product we didn't we did we built a facility and we just brought in a lot of product mm-hmm. and you know we invested at a risk millions of dollars into keeping ingredients here the contracts were no good anymore so everybody canceled any kind if you had a contract for a, you know a container of citrulline a month those were all or creatine those were all just canceled out right so you were not really getting that stuff in uh, how, that, how yeah, does that affect you your relationship how does that impact your relationship with those those vendors that that cancel contracts on you? Because I, I mean, I, were their hands tied? Had they did they have to? I mean, do you go back to them now when things are normalized? And be like, hey, you fucked me. 
we're going to move on. I mean, how do you approach that? It's a little of everything. So we deal with vendors for long term. Like my, I buy way isolate from one vendor for over 12 years. Mm -hmm. Creatine mm -hmm. was one manufacturer for close to 15 years since the old days of federal fan seal, which uh, was a uh, phosphagen. That's where that stuff came from. So we have these great relationships with factories and stuff. And for the most part, we are fairly well protected, but not totally because they don't have it. They don't have it. Contracts that were canceled, we knew they were going to be canceled, but they kept feeding us. You know, so we had a we had a great relationship. We were screwed by one or two companies. Of course, the guys that we don't have relationships that we're spot buying from those, we had a contract out for them. They canceled them right away, and, and rightfully so. They gave that product to the more you know loyal customers that's been buying for years. So you saw a lot of that. I don't blame some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when. Mitsubishi canceled all their contracts. They had no no materials. They couldn't make it. You know, they had to do it. So you have to look at each one individually. But there's there's scum out there too. Yeah. Like uh, Caps Canada. Never fucking buy a capsule from them again in my life. Uh, I'll mention that. You know, I bought from them for seven eight years. I had a very close relationship with that company. Right. Yeah. I had contracts going out, delivered every day. I get a call from a friend one day. Hey, I, I don't have any double zeros. Can you get me some? And so, yeah, sure. I'll call up Caps County, give you some hours. So I called them. They don't have any. We call them up. Alyssa walks in, her face is white. They don't have anything, and they don't think they'll have it for six, seven months. They can't even tell us. I had six manufacturing machines that went down three days later mm. with nothing, and not a word did they even contact me back for three to four months. Not a return call from a company I dealt with oh, for wow. years. That's awful. I will never buy from a scum company like that again. Yeah, that's awful. You know? Luckily, I found a new company that had nothing in stock. And the guy said, look, I'd like to develop a relationship. Tell me what you need day by day, week by week. We paid a little extra. He skimmed a little stuff and he kept our machines going. This guy has a, you know, a customer for life. Yeah. Well, we didn't have that with a lot of companies, you know. Mm. With companies like Mitsubishi, they couldn't get us everything. So they'd call us up and say, how much do you need? I have a container for you, but I have another customer that has nothing. Can we give you half? So I, I'd go the other way. I'd say, yeah, give them half as long as you can give me you know, next week, more of this. So costs went up, but we, the industry shared, the industry worked with each other. I was shipping stuff to my competitors all over the country. You know, small amounts of minerals to protein, you know, pallets of protein. So there was a lot of good in the industry, a mm -hmm. lot of great in the industry. All this canceling of contracts, you know, most that they had to do, they, they couldn't get it in. Yeah. It's a crazy time. I mean, hopefully, obviously, things normalize at some point. Um I've been kind of just accustomed to like, this is how it is at this point. So, I mean, I think when we start seeing any sort of relief in pricing, people are going to be super excited uh, because like a, a two pound tub of protein right now is what, like 50 bucks. I mean, and, and traditionally it used Dang. to be 25, 30. I mean, it's, so it's, it's, you know, you feel for the consumer a little bit, a lot of bit, um, you know, and at that point, you know, we talked to our followers it's like, okay, at what point do you just say, you know, fuck whey protein, just go buy a chicken breast or, you know, just yeah. eat some food because. Well, I, you know, what's, you know, what's interesting that we learned was creatine. Creatine was a commodity item. Every company had it. It was mm -hmm. dirt cheap. We used to sell a kilo of it for seventeen to nineteen ninety nine, yeah. and we were probably on the more expensive side because of our quality, you know, testing and all like that. But it was a commodity, so all of a sudden you're saying, "Well, creatine's twice the price. No one's going to buy it from us." They did mm -hmm. three times the price. They did four, five, six, seven. You know, we were we went from nineteen ninety nine was our highest for a kilo to thirty four ninety nine for three hundred grams. And we sold out last month 35,000 bottles of it. Because mm -hmm. the consumer know it's a commodity item. We don't think they'll ever pay, but it's part of their daily yeah. routine. Oh. They don't want to get rid of it. So It's a validated it's ingredient. Mm -hmm. It's our price got that high. I mean, we paid $31,000 for a container, one container of creatine from China to get over here one time. It's sanity. Yeah. That, wait, that was the cost yeah. to ship it? Or is that the cost of the contents and shipping? Ship it. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, last we had to get it in. We had to pay the price, otherwise our customer wouldn't have it. So we we took the loss. We didn't. We couldn't throw that into the the overall cost of the product. But right. yeah, that's down now. It's, you know, ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars less. It's down in the fifteen thousand dollar range. Still not. But we cheap. paid twenty eight hundred dollars for that. Yeah, right. Just... Twenty eight hundred dollars went up to uh, the highest we paid was a little over thirty thousand. 
I hope you save that. I hope you save that uh, that carbon copy of that check you wrote. You can put that up on your wall and say the most expensive container you had <laughs> shipped ever. Uh, it's insane. Uh, one thing you do a good job of posting some personal stuff on your on your personal social media page, and I'm I'm curious. Like you have a son, right? Like you you um, very busy business owner, and I'm curious because obviously we have two girls. And we're running a business and it's new and it's, it's constantly draining on, on your, it's a time suck, right? But it's, it's a choice that we do because we want to grow the business. How did you personally manage that relationship with your children and running the business? Because I know you still sleep in the office sometimes. Like, do you look back and say, damn, I should have been there more for this or any of that? Nope. So how, how did you manage no, your time? I was there when my son took his first step, took his first, made his first word, reached out to me the first time, the first smile. I didn't miss a damn thing. I was there for every single football game. He played all the way through high school. I missed one game from, uh, well, how many years is that? You know, yeah. from beginning on, he played baseball all the way back to the T-ball he started through high school. I didn't miss any of those games till high school. In high school, they don't want you there. So it's not a, a spectator sport <laughs> so much. But I never missed a game. I coached, I helped coach in football. I coached his, his baseball teams. I coached. His AAU team. I was there for everything. I just made that time. I never gave up anything for my child. I look back right now, and you know, I know I did the right thing. Do, do you think things it made nothing for that? Do you, do you think things would be the same today with how fast your businesses are growing? Yeah, I know you're I in demand. More, I just put those. I put those hours in. I still work fifteen hours a day. Yeah, I literally mm-hmm. come here at three thirty with a baseball game. I get up. I leave. I drive to drive there. I coach get in the car, come back here and be out till, you know, whatever time of night. But I took him camping. We did trips. We did everything. We went skiing together. You know, I, I never held back any. That's awesome. No okay. one, no amount of money is worth that for your child. Right. Because he's in, he's in college now, right? He's out. Oh, graduate college. Okay. Is he, got it, master, he got his master's degree, yeah. That's oh, right. Wow. So is he showing interest in the business? Yeah. But I, I won't let him come in the business until he puts out at least two years in the workforce. Mm. So he knows that. That's right. And I'm not sure if he wants to come in yet. We've talked about it, but he's got to go out there and he's got to learn what a real job is and how to get a job and how to interview and how to keep that job. I mean, that's an important thing about a family business. I think a lot of people fail that way because people are entitled. Yeah. My son was never entitled. My son used to work here in the summer. He'd come here for lunch, right? I'd take him out for lunch every day. He's like, Dad, we got to go. We got to go. What do you mean? I have to. He was in the manufacturing. I got to be back at 1230. I can't be late. So we always had that really cool, you know, I'd be like, no, no, we got a few minutes. And he'd be like, no, dad, I got to be back. I don't want him looking at me. <laughs> so he's at, he has great work ethic that way. That's awesome. That. Where did he, he go to get his master's at again? He went to uh, Stevens in Hoboken. Okay. For computer science, which is the top school in the country for computers. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's good. great party I know, I know your dad had a huge influence on your life as well. Um, so like what, what did he teach you that you passed on to your son? So my dad started as an accountant. I think he was making $27 a week as a junior accountant with a two year college education. He had four sisters and a brother, no father. His mother had no skill set when his father died and had to hold down four jobs to feed a family of six during the depression and taking her sister and her sister's children. Uh, she was a general and she taught that entire family, you know, what hard work is and ethics were. My dad, his sisters all went to two year college. They all had great jobs. My father went from $27 a week in his account to owning the entire company, you know, 20 some odd years later. You know, my aunt was one of the first VP, female VPs ever of Citibank or whatever it's called before that from, from living, you know, with nothing growing up. You know, there's stories of putting in cardboard in the shoes. The holes were real. They had nothing. They had no father or breadwinner. So my father learned at that age and he taught that to me. Everything my father taught me was about honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. That was the most important thing. He would say, take care of the customer first. Don't worry about sales. Don't worry about profit. Don't worry about margin. You have to be smart all that. He was a accountant. So he taught me how to keep books and watch everything. So that was very, very important. It wasn't one or the other. But he said, if you take care of the customer, everything else will come. And there were great examples that I learned. Like my father at one point was only the controller of his company. And as the controller, they wanted him to do some things with the books to the bank. So the bank would see higher inventory. My father refused to do it. And they fired him. And the bank pulled the loan and they said, if Jack Lazier is not giving us the numbers, 
you have no glow. And he wasn't an owner, he was nothing. He was a, wasn't even the CFO, he was a controller. And if his signature wasn't on the numbers that they got turned in, they had no loans. They had higher and back, and that's how he started to get percentage of the company. It was all about integrity, and that's what he taught me. That's insane. That. That's good. Uh, if you could have a conversation with him one more time, what would you tell him? I had a conversation with him. It's hard. Mm-hmm. When I, uh, after he died, before we buried him, I was sitting in my apartment, running back to Jersey, and uh, it was pouring out. We're on the beach, you know, and all of a sudden, everybody cleared the beach. I'm sitting on the balcony. There's not a soul out there. So I walk out on the beach. I'm sitting on a rock. And uh, my dad and I talk business all the time. He was very smart. But I realized that we never talked about what I did in the industry. The idea of getting rid of prop land and changing. And I, and I think and I tell, a lot of people tell me that we helped change an entire industry with the integrity that we had, how we threw away our product, I threw a quarter million dollars of product in garbage and, and started this whole prop land thing. And I realized that we never had that conversation. And this happened, I broke down. I said, holy shit, I don't think my father knows that I built my whole company off of what he taught me. And I just, like I am now, I fell apart. And I swear to God, Ryan, I'll show you a picture. I looked up, there's a rainbow coming right in front of me, not going like this, just going straight up and disappearing. And that's when I knew I knew. So I had a conversation. And that's a moment you'll have for the rest of your My life. My dad was a great man. Yeah. Great. He didn't care about himself at all. Everything was for his children, his family. After that, it was for the community. After the community, he went further. His whole life was just devoted to people. It's amazing. And if, if there's 5% of that rubbed out on me, I'm fine. So I need. I think you have more than 5%, Mark. Definitely. I think you're well on your way there. Um, thank you for sharing that story, by the way. That's, that's probably not easy. Um, but, and I know it's something that you don't share very often, but I knew how close you were and how much you loved your dad. And, and uh, I think the last time that I was out there, I think is when all this kind of like, happened. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll revert here real quick uh, as we, we finalize the podcast. Everybody, a lot of people know that you're a tequila connoisseur. Uh, well, most yeah. people have wine cellars in their homes, or not most people. I'd say the wealthy have nice wine cellars in their home. You have like, I don't know, how many bottles of tequila? Uh, four or 5,000, somewhere in there. <laughs> I mean, like, how, yeah. how do you ever <laughs> even get around to trying them all? Uh, I've tried a lot, not all open, but you know, most of them are serious collector bottles that go back 20, 30, 40 years that, you know, are just, uh, just great bottles. People don't realize tequila is not about you know, doing shots, but tequila is just like a fine scotch, you know, it ages, it has a lot of characteristics, you know, so when people say, oh, glaciers and tequila, they think I'm just getting wasted and doing shots. No, (laughs) it's sipping and enjoying and knowing the terroirs, just like in wine, what parts of, you know, whether it's coming from the highlands of Mexico or the lowlands, where it's coming from volcanic soil or not, there's just a lot of amazing things about it and the culture behind it and the people behind it in Mexico. So I've been, you know, doing it for like over two decades, uh, and I really enjoy it. Would you ever? I do, I, I do things in excess, obviously. Yeah. Would you ever want to do your own tequila? Yeah, I would. What's holding you back? Just but, everything going on there. What's that now? Nah. Maybe one day if I ever retire. <laughs> well, then you wouldn't be retired, my, right? I'm a one business guy and I have no exit strategy for Nutribio. There's no retirement plan coming up soon. I, I love every single day of it. You know, COVID was craziness. You know what was going on. And mm-hmm. I, and that craziness, I realized I'm a little off the wall. I loved it. You know, going from, you know, a six month plan and a one year plan to coming in and not knowing whether we were going to be open at the end of the day or whether Amazon was shutting us down or whether our warehouse were going to be shut down. I thrived in that chaos. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, and yeah, you asked me, Vinny, about the supply chain. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm literally, I work 15 to 18 hour days now, and it's tense. 
and poor Alyssa over here. I don't know how she deals with it. And everybody, we, we were, at one point we used to be, you know, our, our manufacturing schedule was two to three months out. There was a point during the supply chain where we were one day out. Mm-hmm. Each division head would have to be in a meeting every morning and we, we couldn't even use a computer. We had magnets on a four by 16 foot wall. Yeah. And we'd have to say, okay, this is missing a cap. This is missing cardboard. This is missing an ingredient for blending. This, and we, we were just trying to get the stuff together. It was that bad at one time. It's, it's not as bad now. It's still bad, but we've just learned to, uh, to deal with it. And we've actually found ways to manufacture that we probably wouldn't have come up with had we not done that. And right mm-hmm. now, even with the supply chain, which I have less back orders than we've had in history, 30% of my manufacturing facility is down with excess volume, which we've never had before, mm-hmm. with sales up almost 50% from last year because we've learned through what was happening bad out there to come up with different manufacturing skills. Yeah, it's impressive. I know we got to get you out there, Danny. Well, we, yeah, I, well, I texted Mark this week. I said, what's your schedule in you know, July, August? So we're going to figure out a time to get out there. If you do the appreciation thing, we'll obviously be there for that. But it's, you know, during the whole COVID thing, Mark would call me weekly and be like, hey, what are you hearing out there, Ryan? And he's like, I'm so goddamn excited for this. And you're just <laughs> like, you're so excited for every single day. And um, from, from a, an industry standpoint, obviously, I appreciate your perspective and your input on supply chain. Helps us out as a, as a platform, as a business owner. Uh, but more, you know, from this podcast, I appreciate you sharing those personal stories because that that's that's the shit that matters. I mean, the real stuff. You know, the real, yeah, yeah, it matters with creatines and stock and whatnot to to pay the bills. But at the end of the day, the other stuff you shared was the the, the important stuff. I think so. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you guys want, it's nutribio.com, and in a couple of weeks we'll have a, a new website in which you can pretty much just interchange through the three different brands between Unbound and your Elite and the uh, flagship Nutribio. I'm excited about the change, my man. Congratulations on all the success, the growth, the acquisition. Um, and please be careful on your bike ride. You're you're getting old now, Mark. You're getting up there, my friend. That's that's true. Yeah. I don't heal as quickly as I used to heal.